Hello again, Bruce. Hey, Brian. So part one of Catholic Response for Ukraine, we heard from Monsignor Robert Batillo. He's the Secretary General of uh, the International Catholic Migration Commission. I thought that was a really insightful conversation. He talked to us uh, about the conditions on the ground, about the mental health crisis, about the church's response. Um, So we're going to continue the conversation. This is Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. I'm your host, Brian Rudin, and in this episode, I'm joined again by Bruce Compton. He's the Senior Director of Global Health for the Catholic Health Association. Bruce, what were your takeaways from part one of this episode? You know, I think uh, the fact that Monsignor's been on the ground, that he's been responding and in in communication and coordinating, really, the response for uh, the Catholic response for Ukraine, such an important uh, message and helping to ensure that we keep up to speed as we're doing through these podcasts about how can we be most helpful in humanitarian situations. There's there's so many logistical issues and so many things that change on the dime. Having people that are in touch and 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 now we're going to talk to Christian, uh, that have people on the ground that can really help to coordinate such an important part of assisting Catholic healthcare be the best uh, responders we can be from here, from afar. Yeah, and, it's, and I've worked with you for a number of years, and I always enjoy learning from you about, you know, what the best response is in humanitarian crisis for those of us here in the United States. And I think you've always stressed how important it is to cultivate partners, to know the needs, not just to sort of guess and say, oh, let's send them, you know, backpacks because we think they need those for, you know, going back to school or we're going to send hygiene kits. And that's that's all well-intentioned. But really, can you talk just for a moment before we bring Christian in about the importance of, of you know, establishing those relationships with, with countries that are looking for assistance? Well, I, there's a saying that the time to become involved in humanitarian response is not when there's a disaster. It's before the disaster. So those relationships are so important. And it's unfortunate because we need to do that when they're not on the news. Those relationships need to be developed. That's why having relationships with organizations like ICMC, Caritas, CRS are so important. And history tells us from past uh, events that there is always, almost always issues if you don't have those relationships and you just react. In the um, Kosovo, uh, in the wars in the in the in the same region earlier in the 90s, you know, millions and millions of dollars were spent cleaning up things that were sent and were never able to be used or were inappropriate. And I think we need, as Catholic health care and as uh, Catholics, we need to respond in a way that are appropriate. And having partners like this just makes such a difference in that reality. And on that note, I, we want to bring now in, uh, calling in uh, from Ukraine, is Christian Kosko. He is a consultant with the Catholic Response for Ukraine. He's part of the working group that uh, Monsignor Vitillo talked about in the part one of this uh, episode. So first of all, um, I guess the, the question is, how are you doing? And can you give us a little uh, insight into what's going on in Ukraine here at the end of August uh, 2022? Well, thank you, Brian. Um, well, as you mentioned, uh, we entered the six months uh, of the war. And um I am in the Western Ukraine in Lviv, so only about 45 miles from the Polish border. But um, people here on the ground have been working since day one. Um, The first trucks um, have started arriving in the first days of March. 
and they were trucks from Poland um, with loads of uh, bread collected by Polish people, uh, drinking water, blankets, clothes. And um, a friend of mine who is the head of the Knights of Columbus started unloading these trucks every single day, three, four, five of them. And um, they've been going strong ever since. Um, Caritas Ukraine and Caritas Spes, uh, the other two partners here on the ground, and they've been extremely busy. Um, they are the largest and the most well-established local agencies here in Ukraine. And um, their work has really been tireless. Um, the Order of Malta has a very robust network here in Ukraine. Um, they are a very much established humanitarian player in the country. And then um, other members of the working group, the Paul International and Jesuit Relief Service, Refugee Services, are also members of the working group and have developed their networks in eastern Ukraine, are where the refugees are coming from, and the need is, um, is very strong. Um, the media mentions the donor fatigue, and um, in terms of uh, fatigue on the ground, uh, you really don't see that. Um, the trucks, uh, the volume of trucks might have slowed down, but the people working here, beginning from unloading them and um, people collecting items locally, or people simply taking care of the refugees are really going strong. So the, I guess the uh, morale question for Ukrainians, uh, do you get the sense that they are uh, obviously in this for the long haul? And how are they faring? How are they holding up in all of this? Well, I think the most important aim and goal of everyone in Ukraine is the military victory. And while the political leaders negotiate the supply of arms or other political issues, uh, the Ukrainians here on the ground in the cities and villages are worried about their own fathers, brothers, um, relatives fighting in the trenches. Uh, they're worried about their well-being. They are worried about their first necessities. And also, the other focus here in Ukraine is, is the refugees and migrants. So, yes, we see our relatives fighting with the arms, with firearms in their hands. But we also see Christ in those who were affected by the war, who are uh, naked, who are hungry, who are sick. And um, the focus is really to see Christ in them and do what the gospel um, expects from us. And in the last uh, first part of this episode, we heard about the, the mental health crisis. Uh, beyond that, what are some of the most immediate needs and maybe long-term needs? And I ask that question from the perspective of, again, our, our listeners are going to be here in the United States, most of them working for Catholic healthcare in the United States. So can you share a little bit about, uh, you know, what is ours to do here in the U.S. to support the, the good work that you and your, your uh, colleagues in Ukraine are doing? Well, I think it is important to understand that the Ukrainian healthcare system is still reco recovering from the stagnation and mismanagement of the Soviet era. Uh, in fact, there is a lot of equipment currently in use in hospitals and clinics that was manufactured in the 70s and the 80s. Um, so in-kind medical uh, donations are, are extremely important and are very much requested, um, especially medical equipment for uh, trauma units. 
Um, I've also heard a lot of requests for supplies for treating wounds and burns. Um, the Knights of Columbus are most well known to the American Catholics, um, and they have been um, sending wheelchairs to Ukraine, ultrasound machines and medical equipment uh, for a very long time now. So now we are working with them to bring these in-kind donations um, from the United States um, and Western Europe. Another ambitious project uh, would be to set up a modern manufacturing facility here in Ukraine uh, using Western technologies where we'd be able to produce um, orthotics, a lot of, I'm sorry, prosthetics. Um, a lot of, there are a lot of civilians and military personnel uh, with amputated arms and legs, and the need for artificial limbs is, is very great. Um, and um, Ukraine does have a lot of educated medical professionals. It does have a lot of engineers and IT professionals. But what it currently lacks are Western technologies and production lines to start manufacturing these high-quality prosthetics here in Ukraine. Uh, I've seen some news articles where Ukrainian soldiers were sent to Ukraine uh, to United States to be fitted with um, artificial limbs, but um, it would be impossible to send thousands upon thousands of people to the United States to receive these treatments. But um, beginning to manufacture them here in Ukraine would address a very significant need. And you raise a point that Bruce has, has repeatedly said about uh, really understanding what the needs are and, whenever possible, working in that country, in that community, to provide the supplies, the equipment. So I'm going to bring Bruce into the conversation now. And, and Bruce, what you just heard, pretty consistent with what you've been telling our members over the years. Uh, any thoughts and, and any questions for Christian on that aspect of, of donating supplies and equipment? Because I think, again, there is an interest among our members in doing so, but we want to make sure we do so correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Christian, I, I think uh, we've we've already had some conversations and connected you with Catholic agencies. Uh, when they do send things, they need to be coordinated. And you mentioned the Knights of Columbus. I know you're also working uh, with one of our members to help coordinate. If our members have items to to donate, how is it that we best coordinate them so that they are doing good? And having worked in this industry, I'll just add that people tend to, you ask for a wheelchair and people send you bubble gum. And um, how do you, how do you, how do we manage that and have somebody uh, really coordinate that so that you get what you actually need uh, at the end? And how are, how are you working with that? Well, again, the, the partners in the United States are extremely, are an extremely valuable asset in this regard. And as I mentioned, um, some of them have many years of experience in logistics sending equipment over to Ukraine. Um, yes, in fact, we, we have connected with um, some of the member organizations and we started these conversations and the, the feedback has been extremely positive. And Christian, just uh, you mentioned the, or the prosthetics as well. Uh, we've also we're we're in conversation with a couple of members about that. But uh, again, if people have um, access to that expertise or people in that industry, um, you would want them to work through CHA to to then get information to you. Yes, I think I think working through the CHA would be extremely helpful. Um, 
in, in establishing the contacts, um, establishing uh, the relationship. And then um, Catholic Response for Ukraine Working Group um, can, can find the appropriate um, local agencies on the ground, uh, be it Caritas, be it Knights of Columbus, or um, uh, DePaul International, uh, to get those donations uh, shipped over and then distributed locally to where the greatest need is. And let's bring in uh, Monsignor Vitillo again. He was with us on part one of this episode on the Catholic response to Ukraine. So you've you've heard Christian uh, talk about the situation on the ground, the need for uh, supplies and equipment. What it would be your message to Catholic healthcare leaders here in the U.S. about the most appropriate way to uh, respond to this crisis in a way that is thoughtful, deliberate, uh, and ensures the most success? Well, first of all, I just want to thank, uh, we have been involved in, uh, Bruce has helped us uh, uh, by facilitating some calls with some of your members, and and really the uh, the concern and the interest has been uh, uh, quite striking. So I want to thank uh, CHA and the members uh, for their, their concern about this. Um, I think uh, certainly uh, the more that CHA could do to help us uh, uh, channel that interest and uh, and then for us to be able to facilitate some of the discussions. Uh, we're, we're more than ready to do that um, uh, as the, the uh, Catholic Response for, for Ukraine Working Group. And of course, that's convened by the International Catholic Migration Commission. And we're very, very uh, uh, blessed to have Christian uh, helping us as the consultant because he knows Ukraine. It's his own home country. But he also has been inv- involved with the U.S. bishops' uh, response to aid to the church in Eastern Europe uh, a number of years ago. So he knows well the countries there and the situation. Uh, one piece of advice that we got from the uh, the Apostolic Nuncio to Ukraine when we were preparing um, to uh, for our own uh, visit there uh, was he said, you know, uh, the, the big agencies like Caritas, like uh, uh, JRS, like CRS, uh, the Order of Malta, um, are doing a tremendous amount, but there still are uh, dioceses and smaller groups of religious orders that don't have those connections uh, that some of the the others do uh, to donors in Western Europe and in the United States. And he he asked us to especially listen to them during our visit. We did, and uh, we certainly know that there are still many needs for some healthcare support. Uh, And so, again, I think that the uh, working group of the Catholic Response for Ukraine uh, could be a real resource to the CHA members with the help of CHA itself. Uh, to be able to fill some of those needs that are not being responded to right now. It's the local church uh, that's there before the crisis, it's there during the crisis, and it will be there afterwards. And so the more support we could give to the local church and to the religious orders that do so much service uh, in Ukraine and throughout the world, uh, the better we'll be able to help the people, uh, even during the later uh, uh, rehabilitation phase and development phase that's always necessary in any humanitarian crisis. No, thanks for that information, uh, Monsignor Vitillo. So, Bruce, as we wrap this conversation up, I think I'm going to throw the last question to you, and that would be you've worked with a lot of members over the last six-plus months uh, on the response to the crisis in Ukraine. Can you give, without maybe singling anybody out, but can you give sort of an overview of best practice? What what have some of our members or maybe a particular member done particularly well that um, others may want to sort of follow that example? Yeah, Brian, I, I mentioned this earlier. I think, uh, 
you know, early on, it was really providing financial donations to the agencies. As we hear now, Monsignor and Christian are on the ground. So really um, helping to being sure that you're working with a partner like the ICMC to ensure that you're getting them what they want and when they when they want it. And it, it is being helpful. And um, I look forward to continuing to help the, make these connections with ICMC and our members. And for our listeners, uh, you'll be able to get access to that information simply by going to www.chausa.org slash Ukraine. We have set up a Ukraine page with links to resources, uh, some of the organizations that were mentioned on this podcast. There'll be links to uh, that as well as some prayer resources, uh, recordings of, of webinars and networking calls that Bruce has done. So we have collected a lot of good information about the Catholic response here in the U.S. to Ukraine uh, on our website. Again, that's chausa.org slash Ukraine. I'd encourage you to visit that. So with that, we're going to thank uh, Monsignor Robert Vitillo. He's Secretary General of the International Catholic Migration Commission and his colleague, Christian Costco, who is consulting with the Catholic Response for Ukraine Working Group. Uh, Christian and Monsignor Vitillo, thank you so much. Uh, God bless the work you're doing and really appreciate you being with us uh, today for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Brian and Bruce. And of course, I want to thank Bruce Compton, Senior Director of Global Health for CHA, for being with us. I'm Brian Reardon, host of Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. You can find Health Calls on all of the streaming services that offer podcasts. This episode was produced by Josh Matica and engineered by Brian Hartman here at Clayton Studios in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for listening.